Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Ray Ferraro and Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Pulp Hockey Podcast with Ray Ferraro. Thank you for listening. Thank you for checking it out on iTunes, Stitcher, PulpHockey.com, anywhere where you can get podcasts from, uh, including all the Droid platforms and everything else. So we really appreciate it. Each and every week, we'll be here talking hockey. Uh, lots to get to. Hoping to have ESPN's John Bucci-Gross on the show today, which will be fantastic. And uh, for now, though, let's get right into it. I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, a man who played 18 years in the NHL. Now the lead analyst for TSN, Ray Ferraro. What's up, Ray? Um, I don't know. Last week of the season, kind of mm-hmm. like everybody, you, you get kind of suspended in the last week when the games still are important. There are lots of important games. Their team's still trying to fight for spots, but I can't help but look forward to next week. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. okay, already, already finished, like move it along. And then you look and you go, wow, there's still – half a dozen teams that are fighting for position or to get in or Mm -hmm. where they're going to finish. There's lots of important stuff to go. Yeah, for sure. Take me back to when you played and you're in a playoff spot. You know what you're doing. You know you're going to the playoffs. You know you have this grind in front of you or you hope to have this grind in front of you. Um, Some years you did, some years you didn't. Are you... Are you pedal to the metal or are you realizing as a veteran guy that, hey, my season's done. Uh, I, I, I got a long road ahead of me. Uh, we're going to play every second night here starting real soon. Is there any sort of, do you remember any sort of change in mentality at all for yourself? Well, just, I think you're probably a little more aware of how much energy you're expending. So right. Right. like on a, on an off day, you might not work out the same. You might not, um, you know, you might, you might get a day or two off practice. Um, as far as the games, I think, the games are always kind of the easiest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's easy, far more easy to be motivated or inspired to play a game than to go to practice. Um, so you can get by just kind of on adrenaline. But I think, I think the emotion I would say I felt the most at this time of year when you knew that you were in yeah. is impatience. Okay, right, yeah. Just let's get it it's going. It's like, let's get it going here where you keep looking each morning uh, to see if the standings have changed, like has your opponent changed? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my last year in St. Louis, we were anywhere from fifth to ninth on any morning, and so it like there was no impatience there. It right. was right. like it was tension, and and then you get in, and we knew we were going to play Chicago, and then it was like, okay, let's get moving here. Let's let's get going. Now there's. Have you ever been on a team that's lost, got knocked out the last day or two? No. No. It was either we, you're in or you're out. <laughs> yeah, well, we made it on the last day in 93. Uh, we had to beat the Devils to get in uh, on the road, and, um, and we did. We actually lost the night before to Ottawa at home, 
Oh. Which doesn't sound that bad, but that was their expansion year, and That's that was right. the only road game they won that year. <laughs> they won one road game, and it was that one. We absolutely crapped the bed. Yeah. And then we had to win the next night in Jersey, which was not a very easy task. We made it way more hard, harder than it needed yeah. to be. Yeah, almost looking past the Ottawa game probably, right? And looking towards well, yeah, the, yeah, like, yeah. okay, we got Jersey tomorrow. But, almost, no, but not even looking past it that we had to play Jersey, almost thinking – well, they haven't won for 39 games on the road. We're right. probably good. Yeah, we, we got this. Sure. And the first shift of the game, they took a penalty for having the wrong starting lineup, and <laughs> we scored. So, like, a minute and a half into the game, we're up one nothing. I mean, like, how easy could that be? Right, right. Except we lost. Wrong lineup, huh? I've, Pat Quinn got caught like that, too, years ago. Yeah, yep. the, uh, the coaches were Alain Vigneault, who was the assistant, mm-hmm. and Rick Bonus, who was the head coach. And I guess Bonus had filled out the lineup all the time, and Vigneault filled it out that game. So Bonus just started who he assumed was starting, but right. um, <laughs> Vigneault had written down some other guy's name and until oh, they got burned on it. Good times, good times. Yeah, it's uh, it's coming up, and and I don't know if there's anything better in sports than the first round of the NHL playoffs. I'm I'm pumped. I'm looking forward to it. It's it's so good. Well, I, I would say that you know the NCAA tournament just finished, mm-hmm. and it's to me it's the same thing. You've got so many games going on. They're they're wild finishes. There's unpredictability. But the fact that the games kind of all leak into each other, you know, one ends, another one starts, another one starts when another one ends. And the first round of the NCAA and the first round of the playoffs for hockey to me are just what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's, um, there's so much going on, and there's such an anticipation and such a nervousness. And maybe the best part is there's such a, uh, a clear definition between, oh, yeah, that was regular season hockey yeah. and this is playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. It's 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 really cool. And that's why watching the Leafs slog through Buffalo the last little while and even the Jets game and stuff, you're you're like, yeah, you know, just eh, something's missing a little bit, you know, and, and it, it'll yeah, all I be. I had to stand there for three hours. <laughs> yeah, good point, right? That, ga- that game against Buffalo, was, yeah. that might have been the worst game that I've done or seen in months. Like there was, <laughs> right. I mean, there was a lot, like there was lots to be impressed with, you know, Matthew's power play goal, the first one, that great release mm-hmm. and then the three-way passing play from Gardner to Nylander to Matthews for a second one. And the Matthews pass to Nylander, you know, was yeah. beautiful, but Oh my God, around the rest of them or yeah. the rest of the game. Yeah. It was, it was terrible. There was nothing. <laughs> there was no emotion. They showed Jason Botterill in the press box, and he had this look on his face, you know, like like <laughs> exasperation. Right. You know, right. but what I read out of it was, this is the reason these players can't return. Was There was no fight. There yeah. was no, like, you know, I, I've been on teams like this, and at the very least, you've got to show some fight, some balls, and yeah. they didn't have any. Yeah. They were just out there playing. I, I mean, that's, uh, that's no good. Yeah, well, we can get into that later for the, for the Sabers. I I think he took a little a, a little shot at the coach a little bit uh, after the game, um, and then Jack Eichel kind of took a shot at everybody in the dressing room, including himself. So, um, hey, let's get into the playoff races. So the Panthers are still alive, but it's not looking good. 
it it's it's going to be a tough deal for them to get in. Um, so let, let's go to the West, though. Uh, so Anaheim. Well, hang on before oh, okay. we before we leave before we leave Florida. Sure. They've got they've got three games left. Two with Boston. Right. Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's you know, and Boston's not you know Boston's not going to lay down. So no, Boston's in a race. Like, yeah. yeah, it doesn't seem like Florida's going to pick up you know points on Philly and Jersey. Uh, enough of them anyway. They're all tied in wins and regulation, which is the uh, the first tiebreaker. Um, they got a game in hand on Philly, so mm-hmm. if they win it, they're still two back. Yep. And I mean, it can be done, but yeah, you know, do you like how much confidence do you have in Philly's goaltending? Yeah, good point. I don't have a ton. You know, of like it, it yeah. could go south on the Flyers too. Mm-hmm. And so it's not dead. They got a. You know, I think they made the right call. As much as I hate taking goals off the board, I think they made the right call uh, in the last second in Nashville last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree absolutely. Right? I mean, come on. And uh, you know, so I can see why they're upset. Sure. I mean, it was in the net. Oh, what a great finish! Except Ardvidsson turned Luongo with his stick. <laughs> exactly. Do you think Luongo just decided to do a pirouette right there on his own? You know, like that wouldn't have right. been the move he would have probably gone with. So <laughs> right. I mean, that's basically, I mean, that's all that's there in the East, except uh, those teams in the Metro are fighting for position. Yep. And that does matter. Like, you know, right now it's Pittsburgh and Columbus. um, And so that's a, you know, that would be a a pretty tough series. Yeah, Columbus is on fire right now, too. Yeah, Columbus is on fire right now. So who knows? They're tied, and and then Columbus is on fire. So there'll be lots. That's what I mean, those last couple games. Yep. It will determine a lot in in the metro for sure, and I guess it'll determine that wild card. Yeah, and then we can get over to the west, which is yeah, you know, a little more convoluted. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, it's coming down to Anaheim, Colorado, L.A., and St. Louis. L.A.'s got the third spot as we do this. Uh, Anaheim's got a game in hand on both. Uh, uh, Anaheim, or Anaheim's got a game on hand on Colorado and L.A. Now Colorado plays St. Louis, who is one point out. Uh, two games from now. Um, but St. Louis has a game in hand yeah. on Colorado. Yes, exactly. So, so <laughs> I mean. So here's the one one thing to keep in mind here. Yep. By, by a long shot, Anaheim has the lowest wins in regulation. Yep. They cannot be tied with anybody. Mm-hmm. They've, they've, you know, they've got 95 right now. And wouldn't it be something if they get in, and one of the ways they get in, and people could be all pissed off about it, was the way they played that overtime in Edmonton. <laughs> That's a good point. I just thought of that. You're right. Good point. Yes. Right. The keep away. Yeah. Where they basically yeah. built a moat right. in their zone. Right. Right. <laughs> and then eventually went down and scored on one shot. But it's going to, you know, Colorado, to they've had an amazing year. Mm-hmm. They really have. Yep. And then to be hanging in with no Eric Johnson and no Semyon Barlamov right now, is pretty remarkable. Yeah, St. Louis had decided, you know, hey, we're not, you know, we're going to look to the future. They trade Paul Stastny, and yet here they are right there. I thought they were dead. Yep. Uh, yeah, we talked about them a couple weeks ago. We, uh, we, I yeah. wrote them off, exactly. Yep. And here they are, you mm-hmm. know. And, uh, and again, and so third is still up for grabs, you know, in that division also. Of course, L.A. has it. It's not just a wild card. Like, this thing's going to go right down to the wire. It's going to be great, man. And well, technically, L.A. could – if L.A. ties San Jose, L.A. finishes in second because they have more regulation wins. Yep. 
so there's there's lots to go there. I mean, the, who would have thought the only spot that's safe is Vegas? <laughs> I know. I, w- I went to the doubleheader. They played uh, two. They played Friday and Saturday night. St. Louis on Friday, and uh, San Jose on Saturday. Yep, crowd place was rocking, and they clinched the division. They uh, raised the banner for the 58 victims in the shooting. It's a pretty good weekend for Las Vegas. And William Carlson had that goal. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, oh boy. He's. It seems like there's been no momentum for Carlson to be in the MVP vote, and I think that's got to do with so many other players that you could make a case mm-hmm. for. But, but the guy's got 40 goals. Oh. Like he's got to be in the in the conversation somewhere. I just think the whole thing is amazing, and so no one can quite figure it out. I just right. Think, I just right. think. Let's like, face it; they've got what do they got? Fifty wins, and I keep waiting for them to collapse. Yeah, no, it's, but they got fifty-one wins. They got, you know, yeah. are they really going to collapse? I'm not sure, but yeah. Again, I'll say they have fifty-one wins. I. I has a guy gone from six to forty-three goals before? No, I, I mean, that ha- I'll say no, never. But no, it ha- it, I mean, outside of a guy maybe being injured and then doing it, you know but, who uh, you know who did it? I think was uh, was Warren Young back in the eighties. No, Warren Young went from zero to thirty-five. With yeah, he had a pretty good centerman. Mario pretty pretty good, yeah, pretty good. Um, I don't know if that's ever been done before. I just got. It, I, I imagine it has been, but we need to look that up. Someone has. Well, to not that like up. that. No, like. Don't forget, he had 15 goals. You could even take it back longer. Mm-hmm. He had 15 goals the last two years. Yeah. Combined. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's, not, it's nuts. So, um, look, you're, you're, you're probably going to be wrong, but people want predictions, Ray. So, so what are we assuming for the series here? Why don't we do our predictions next Wednesday? Well, I, I mean about who gets in. Oh, sure. Yeah, like, yeah. like people want to know who, who gets in. Well, I'm going to say Jersey and Philly will hold on in yep. the East. Okay. Um, and then in the West. What are you thinking? I think Anaheim will get in. Because yep. I don't. I you know I don't have, but I don't have any great faith that oh yes, a hundred percent Anaheim's mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. You know they they just lost Cam Fowler for the next two to six weeks. I mean, by the way, is that not? It was like who who examined them? Me? No, it was two to eight. It was two oh, to eight. eight. Yeah. Oh, okay. But like, was it Doctor Ferraro? Like, I don't know. It looks like it's going to hurt. It's going to be either like next Thursday or the end of May. It was. Uh, it was Doctor Pepper. Doctor Pepper. I think. <laughs> oh, like, right. So anyway, they don't have him. So it's it's not going to be. It won't be easy for them. Mm-hmm. They. Um, I'm just looking here. Um, they finish. Anaheim does. Yeah, Minnesota next. With Minnesota, Dallas, and at Arizona. And I don't I, I think Anaheim's gonna get it. Yeah. I think they'll get enough. Um St. Louis and Colorado. Oh boy, that's uh that's so St. Louis has the extra game. Mm-hmm. So they're Chicago at Chicago. Like if St. Louis doesn't get in, it's their own fault. They're playing a Blackhawks yep. team that has no goalies. They're not a great team. And then, you know, then you get into that final game of the year in Colorado. Yeah. That, um, that might do it. Right you know there. what? Yeah. I'm, I really have a tough time with this. Like, cause I can't get by the fact that 
Varlamov's been so good for them, and now they don't have him. But they're but they've got you know Colorado's games are at San Jose, which is not an easy place, no, not, not, not and then St. Louis. So if Colorado gets one point, they get ninety four. I'm let's see ninety five. Yeah, I'm going to say St. Louis. Yeah, and Bernier wasn't great the other day. He had been. He, Bernier's had a good season, but the other day against the Kings, all he's got to do is be good for one night. Yeah. Yeah, good point. You know, but I, one, I'm right. going to take St. Louis, but I don't, like I said, I don't yeah. have any great faith that that's, uh, yeah. that that's, oh, you know, this is the one. And it'll be St. Louis and Nashville first round, and it'll be the, probably the the Knights versus uh, L.A. or Anaheim first round. That's what i got to deal with in my house. I volunteer for that series. Yeah, yeah. Well, problem is, is both teams, you know, this is going to be a, a big deal in my household, and both teams have probably given the Knights the most trouble, those two California teams. Uh, yeah, no, no, I'm just, yeah. I'm just, I want to go to the, I want to do the series yeah, so right. I can be in Vegas and in California, <laughs> that's all. Are you, you're set for playoff work again? I, I think I'm, I think I'm doing a series for NBC, I don't know yet. Okay, alright. And I certainly don't know where it is. And, and um, are you doing world championships? Yes, I leave May 2nd. And where are they? Copenhagen. Oh yeah, well, that'd be great. We've talked about that before. Great city. I've never been there, but everyone says yeah, it's a great city. Um, yep. Everybody says it's awesome. We're actually going to be in a smaller place, Herning, where because um, that's where Canada mm-hmm. will be. That's where Frederick Anderson's from. Oh okay. And um, it's a it's not a big place. We get to the we get to Copenhagen for the last week. Okay. Um, all right. So. Hopefully, we're going to have John Bucci-Gross coming up, your first uh, sort of mentor in the media when you got out of the game, uh, you and Bucci. Which is, which is hard to believe. Right, because right. The, uh, and the reason I say that is, you know, he'd been in broadcasting probably 10 years already by uh-huh. then, or 15 years, and we're the same age. Yeah, right. You know, but I didn't know, I didn't know anything, no. how to look at a camera, how to, and so Butchie helped me, you know, he helped me a lot. And he gave and, you uh, the nickname. He did give me the nickname because I had a chicken parm accident. <laughs> it happens. Um, it happens. It know? does. You no. eat with a pl- I'm telling you, you eat something that weighs as much as chicken parm, right. and you ate it with a plastic fork. Right. There's gonna the potential for danger is is high. Yeah, absolutely. I tried to eat a steak with a plastic fork about two weeks oh, ago. Terrible. I ended up with one spear by the end. Were you uh, Were you in the media thing? Uh, no, I was uh, room service from Outback, uh, and they get and they, they gave you a plastic fork. Yeah, pla- did, plastic right? fork and knife. Thank you. We uh, we eat some meals. Uh, uh, they they'll serve like a press meal, kind of like a, and I guess it's yeah. steak of some sort. <laughs> and uh, we call it bring your own cutlery night <laughs> because there are plastic. Yeah. prongs flying all over the place. I, I'm pretty sure I ate one of the prongs. Like, I'd never even noticed. I, I don't know. I don't know where they went. I couldn't really find them on, the, on my plate at the end of the meal. So. Some um, things are better left not thinking about. <laughs> exactly. All right. Hey, so uh, a really cool um, uh, story with Scott Foster. And, and, Ray, you were doing this game. Jets Chicago. Scott Foster comes in for the Blackhawks. Uh, he's an accountant. Now, I guess before we... But to set the stage, did you know that Anton Forsberg had been hurt and wasn't on the bench? Did you, right. Did you have any idea? So what happened was before the game, yep. um, the Chicago PR staff came in and gave us a piece of paper. It said uh, the emergency goaltender signed to an uh, amateur tryout. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. 
is Scott Foster, 36 years old, played at Western Michigan. Here are his stats. Um, Anton Forsberg uh, is injured in the pregame warm-up. Mm-hmm. He's playing soccer. Okay. So You're like, you take a piece of paper, yeah. you read it, yeah. and you go, oh, okay, and you put it on the side. And then, because Scott Delia was making his NHL debut. And so we were more concerned with yeah. what Delia was all about. And so we're doing the game, and then he cramps up, and he goes down in the crease in the third. And so I'm doing the game for Winnipeg TV, and Dennis Bayak, who is a fantastic guy mm-hmm. and is their play-by-play guy, does an awesome job there. He, uh, We look, and we kind of get the old bug eyes. We're like, where the <laughs> hell is that piece of paper? Right. Because this is two and a half hours later. We can't remember Scott yeah. Foster's name. Right. You know, we read the name once. And so you're scrambling around. Now I'm on Hockey DB. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out what he does and where he's from. And, right. You know, and, and so he came in. And it was impossible, Steve, to not look back during the game and smile. Oh, And almost yeah. laugh. Yeah. And, like, I'm up there doing the game. I wish I was between the benches, but I wasn't that night. Mm-hmm. And just to look at him and go, how crazy <laughs> unlikely is this? And then he made seven saves yeah. to top it off. Yeah, and and a couple of them not bad. A couple of them pretty good. Um, he made one good one on Bufflin. Yep. And another one, I think, on Paul Stastny, a pass across the, yep. uh, the front of the net. He did awesome. Do you think he was <laughs> the coolest guy in the accounting department the next day? Right. Oh, man. I- well, you know what's funny is uh, in following up on. I guess he's been refusing all interviews uh, since after the game. You know, he did after the game stuff, and then since then he's been got a ton of requests, and he's just like, "No, I'm good. I'm good." I like that I don't part know what even to cooler. Think about that. I like that I part. Know. No, I like you, that. You like it or no? I like it. It's bold. It's like, yeah, that's right. That's right. I went in and shut out the the Jets, and yeah, I'm good now. Like, beat it. Oh man, I would. I think I would be. And I'm the accountant to the stars. <laughs> right, the, right, right. Maybe have a line of that baby. Hey, because when you're back playing at Johnny's Ice House, there's going to be no interview. Have a have a line of merch. Get some merch going for yourself. Why not? Um, um, just awesome though. It, it was so oh. so cool. Um, I can't remember that. Ha- I mean, I've I've <clears throat> I've seen it. You know, done here and there. <clears throat> guys have excuse me. Guys have gotten in late in the games. Carolina put their, their 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 practice goalie in late in the game, and it's yeah, but not like, but this. not like, like I was gonna say, have you? Is there another time you remember this happening? No, I, I can't. Not at all. Okay. Not like this. Right. right. I, I th- I'm almost certain this is the first time the goaltender has gotten in under this circumstance. <laughs> right. 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 Oh man. Now I wanted Winnipeg had a power play, and I wanted Line A to get a one timer, <laughs> and and I was hoping that he would stop it because what a story that would be in ten years. Yeah. I was uh, I was checking out his gear. His gear looked really good. Like you know, when you think of a beer leaguer, maybe he's got some old pads, or maybe he's got like. Do you I'm, remember when Tim Thomas finished his career in Florida, <laughs> where he still had the Bruin stuff? Yes, he had Bruin yes. stuff and yes. Dallas pads, or I don't know. He looked like he looked like a beer league goalie. Yeah, yeah, he really did. And this guy looked like it's like his gear actually matched no, the yeah, Hawks yeah. uniform. He looked good. No, no, I, I agree. I was just thinking it would be some guy. But what a story, man. And, hey, if you were ice level, it would have been great to see, like, the laughs and the smiles. I'm sure. Well, the guys must have been having oh. a, a howl with them. Like, when he came out, he walked by Joel Quenville, and Joel kind of smiled at him and said something. And I said on the broadcast, now, I'm assuming they've met. 
<laughs> but maybe not. Probably not, right? I don't know. Like, why would he have met him before? Yeah, I don't I can't know. Think of why he would have, because he he's done this about thirteen or fourteen times, I guess. But they come in, they go sit upstairs in the press box, they have a meal, they wait, nothing happens, they watch the game, and they go home. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason you would have met the coach. No, no. Now, what would he get paid? Would it be a, nothing? Just, nothing? Oh, I thought he no. Okay. I think he gets some per diem money, maybe. Okay. But you sign it. Uh, you sign a contract jersey. in it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he gets his jersey. Gets, uh, I'm sure, knowing the Blackhawks, they'll do a, they'll frame up his jersey and put the game sheet in it, and sure, you know, sure. they'll make a, yeah. a great memento. But there's no money to be to be had. Um, did you did you play on teams that had practice goalies and equipment managers that were goalies and fill-ins and things like that? Um, that not happened. a regular occurrence. Yeah. No, yeah. every once in a while, you'd have a college kid come out and and play goal for you. Yeah. Because one of your goalies was hurt or tired or something, and you know, but that's all I remember. Right. I think it was great that it was uh, Brent Seabrook's a thousandth game, and uh, right. And he he's kind of he made a joke about. Well, I guess nobody's going to remember my thousandth game. And, uh, Patrick Sharp had a great line. Yeah. He said, "This sums up your career perfectly." <laughs> right. 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 Um, by the way, I heard you gave uh, gave the, the myself and the show a little bit of a shout out for for. The, the, the silver stick that we got you. So thank, I thank did. you again. Yeah. I, yes, I got, I got, absolutely. I got spies up in Winnipeg, you know, so we're, uh, uh, we're just about ready to in our home to start putting things on the wall. And so we're trying to find, I'm trying to find the right spot for the stick. Perfect. Um, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was a great, that, that might've been my highlight of the year. Like to see that Scott Foster. And what about Colin Delia too? Like, that's his first NHL game. It's kind of lost. Yeah, nobody remembers. Yeah. He started in the East Coast League this year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a great story. He did great. And then at the other end of the ice was Winnipeg's fourth string goalie. Yeah, true. Eric Coleman. Yeah, Eric Coleman. Yeah. yeah. Um, like it almost became like they were going to, okay, who wants to play goal tonight? <laughs> how many goalies has Chicago? Like it was a contest. How many goalies has Chicago gone through, actually? I should, take, should have looked that well, up. Well, so Foster, Delia, Glass, Baruby, Crawford. Five. Forsberg. Forsberg, yep. Six. That's six. Six goalies in a year. That's hey, when you use six goalies, your year's not going well. Like that's no, that's, there's that's, no there's no way that no, can no. well, Vegas used five. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um Wow, what a story. Uh okay, so next up, Sedin's. Seventeen years, uh Danny Sedin, Hank Sedin. Uh, they call it uh, call it a career. Um, I watched a little bit of the game last night, and the fans obviously gave them a, a real cool send off, and they're cheering them all the time. And they they got sent out in the shootout, which I don't think they always do. But uh, well, you watch their you watch their efforts. No, they don't. Shoot, yeah, shoot no, they don't. Um, first of all, for you, Ray, who lives in Vancouver, who who know these guys personally a little bit, uh, surprised that they called it? No, I'm not. No, um, I think the time was right. I mean, look, Henrik's got three goals this year. Mm-hmm. You know, and so while the numbers can make you think it was okay, and at times it was, um, you just, you know, it's just time. Yeah. Uh, they have, they have a, like a lot of players, but in this case, we're, you know, we're talking about Henrik and Daniel, that they have a high standard for themselves. And I don't think they could see themselves putting in all the work to prepare for the next year and then having 30 points, mm-hmm. which easily could happen. Mm-hmm. 
So I think they've made the right decision um, just from the periphery, periphery. I think it's the right decision. Now, they've also got kids and yep. family, and, you know, it's like there's a lot more that goes into it, too. I, you know, I mean, we always talk about, um, you know, the brothers and how they do everything together, but they also have to, you know, have to keep into consideration or we have to take into consideration that their family are involved, too. And so it's time for them. They've had fabulous careers. Their connection to the city is amazing. It really is. Like to, you know, they, they basically grew up there. Mm-hmm. They they became such a tightly bound part of the city. They donated millions of dollars to uh, the children's uh, charity network, the, the children's hospital mm-hmm. in Vancouver. <clears throat> that they didn't want anybody to know about. And actually, their agent found out about it in the day or two prior. Like, that's they how just, quiet they, they just did it. it. They just said, yeah, here you go. And the agent is like, uh, you got to tell me, because now I'm getting calls on this. And, <laughs> you know, and I got to say, uh, I don't know, but it sure sounds like them. Right. You know, like, right. so they had signed their a big contract. And they donated this money back to the children's hospital. I mean, it's it, it's just an example of how even when it is about them, mm-hmm. it's never about them. Yeah, they they're incredibly selfless. They're as good a people as you could run into in the game. I mean, you you know you we read uh, all the tributes that come in. Yeah, you know, and and it's across the board. You know, you know, you're not yep. you're not finding anybody. You're not you're not even getting. 20 guys saying great things and one guy saying something bad. Like there's nothing, no. there's nothing to nitpick on them. They're, they're terrific people. They're hall of fame players. Um, well, I was going to, so we got some questions about, are they hall of fame? And I'm like, of course they are to me. Of course they are. They walk right well, how, into hall how of fame. How could they not be? I don't know. How could they not be? Why are people asking that question? Of course uh, they are. Because I think they ask it whenever somebody retires. Okay. All right. Um, like to me, they, there, there's not even a question. No, no. Uh, Henrik won the heart. They both got an Art Ross trophy, which I find remarkable. Yeah. You know? Um, I, what I do love is that, um, you know, their points and their games played, they're almost identical. I saw like, something this week. 92% of their shifts in their career were together. Like that, 92%. I didn't have- I didn't have 92% of my shifts with me. <laughs> like, like it's, it's amazing. Yeah. They're, the similarities of their careers, and when they go in the Hall of Fame, I assume they'll go and make their speech together. The only thing that would have been better is if they married sisters. Right. That would have been amazing. Yeah. That would have been just amazing. Um, well, Ray, you played against them when they started, and I find this right. a little bit um, remarkable, too, is – you know, they weren't that good. They were second and third overall, and that's a whole other story about how Brian Burke got them together. That's amazing. Right. Probably never happened again today, you know. But um, they – two, three, four years, Ray, a lot of people in Vancouver are like, what's up with this, with these twins? What's up with these guys? I mean, they right. really, you know, made themselves into these amazing players because they didn't start out that way. No, they – I mean, when I started or when I was finishing, they were starting, and – they wore these goofy helmets, those big Jofa helmets. <laughs> yeah, they did. They That's these, right. Good. They were these skinny little guys, uh-huh. and they'd cycle the puck in the corner, but it never seemed to come out of there. Um, you know, it was like mm-hmm. um, 
they weren't strong enough to get it out to the front of the net. Then as they got stronger, this was the first time the rules changed when they started to crack down a little bit okay. on the hooking and holding. And it, in my opinion was it gave them a little more room. And then once they got the room, they got to be successful. Then their confidence grew. And then when the game went back to being you know, more yeah. clutchy, grabby, it didn't matter. They were out of the barn. They already knew it, yeah. Um, not that they invented cycling. It's been around for a long time. But I can't remember two players doing it better, maybe. And it happens now quite a bit. Um, it's a move that a lot of guys do. But when they first broke through and had those big years, it was comical to watch Anson Carter or Trent Clatt or somebody just standing there, and these brothers are going around and around and around. And then eventually, and just stand there and find find a spot where right. they can get you the puck. Yeah, because eventually they will. And <clears throat> you got when you you described it pretty well, going around and around. Yeah, I never saw anybody make more three foot passes that looked like nothing was happening, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they got a chance. Yeah. Now there's you can look it up on YouTube. There's a um, a shift, okay. and in Vancouver they literally call it the shift. Okay, and it is when they basically blew through the ceiling that everybody was like, "Oh my God, these guys are amazing!" <laughs> and so if you type in the shift, okay. it's there. All right, I and need to, yeah. I don't know how long they had the puck, right? And as you're watching it. Start looking around at the guys defending. It's like they couldn't be more upright. <laughs> they don't know what's going on. They're just like, I don't well, know. Like they, right. they couldn't get there. They couldn't. They weren't. We can't stop them. I know we have to stop them. We can't stop them. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. And, 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 oh, you know what they did? But you know what they did, to my knowledge, hmm. kind of refine and slash invent, was that uh, the high tip on the power play. Okay, yeah, sure. So Henrik would shoot it off the side, and Daniel would be in the high slot, and he'd deflect it. Now teams do it all the time. Mm-hmm. But I don't recall anybody doing it before them. I also don't recall anybody doing that um, that break-in on the power play where you drop it way back. Oh, you I don't think recall anybody they doing first? that before yeah. them. Well, that, that's standard now, right? That's Yeah, yeah that's standard now. Um yeah, man, it really amazing career. And, and and like like I said at the beginning, you know them a little bit just from kicking around Vancouver. Nice guys, yeah. right? Like like awesome. terrific guys. Just I know Henrik better. Um, yep. Uh, his son and my son were in the same preschool together in grade mm-hmm. one or whatever they were at that time. And um, you know, so I talked to him at pick up and drop off whenever he could get there, and um, you know, so got to know him a little bit there. And his wife is. Uh, predictably very nice you know like right right. you know like you you, of course she's nice um like they're they're just really really great people i would say the one thing that probably like a lot of guys i guess you know you you can only learn so much publicly from them but Mm -hmm. um they're kind of funny you know like they they got a good sense of humor they like to laugh and i i I don't know that that comes across no as a, as a, uh, probably as a, not so much. Yeah, as a guy that doesn't know them at all and just is a fan, doesn't really come across it much, you know, that, they, that they're that they into that. But, yeah, it, um, are they the greatest players in Canucks history? they got to be, right? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, there's Burray. I mean, not as electrifying as Burray. Right. Um, Linden. But, 
You know, they're better than Linden. Yeah, better than Linden, better than Marcus Naslund, which is saying something because mm-hmm. yep. Naslund was a hell of a player. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Well, it's uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be uh, they'll be missed for sure. They were they were cool to watch in, in their prime, no doubt. Um, and and the Canucks now have fourteen million dollars in cap space. So, yeah, but you know, I was on the radio yesterday there in Vancouver, and yeah, and you know, they're young and they're growing and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. My my advice is to lock their phones away on J- on July first. <laughs> Don't go sign any veterans for a three-year contract. Yeah, Let the young guys grow. Supplement them around with maybe a one-year veteran or or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. do not go and <laughs> sign more three-year guys. That would be like lock the owner's phone away, right, more than anybody, that, right? Well, I don't know whose phone you have to be, but if you have a Canucks phone, they should lock them all away. <laughs> Uh, probably agree. Um, all right, so going into the playoffs, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, Brandon Carlo for the Bruins got hurt. Cam Fowler, uh, that's what you mentioned earlier. He's out for two to eight. <laughs> two to eight. Uh, Ryan Suter. You can't even say that without laughing. No, no, I, I don't understand it. Um, and Ryan Suter for the Wild is also out. Uh, he'll be out for the rest of the playoffs. Um, I guess, well, McAvoy's coming back for the Bruins. I just saw that, so that's going to yeah, help a little bit. Night. Yep, he played last night. He'll help them a lot. Um, but how devastating, like, so Suter, let's start with Suter at the Wild. How, how, how devastating is that for I don't, them? I, I, mean? don't know how they get, I don't know how they get past that. Right. Um, you know, he plays 27 minutes a night for mm-hmm. them. Um, it sounds like they're going to get Jared Spurgeon back, which will help some. But, man, he's, he does everything for them, Suter. And so I don't know how you overcome that. Like Minnesota defends well; they got a good mm-hmm. goalie. Um, they've had a really good run here, but this is a this is a really difficult ask for their defense. So they're going to move Jonas Brodeen with Matt Dumba. Mm-hmm. That'll be their top pair. Um, you know they'll get Spurgeon back. Um, they've got a couple of kids from Iowa in the American League that they've called up. Um, Carson Soucy's a great big guy, about six foot four. Uh, Nick Sealer has played very well. I think he's played about 20 games. But now you're asking them and mm-hmm. Nate Prosser to fill the minutes of Ryan Suter. It, that yeah. seems like a big ask yeah. to me. And looks like they're matching up against Winnipeg. Like I saw, which is not a great matchup for many. Teams. No, no. So yeah, it'll be it'll be a big one. Um, and and now that's that's a big one. Then you get into Boston. You know, we Brandon Carlo. You can't help but feel oh bad boy. for this kid. Yeah. This is two years in a row. Last year he got a concussion in the last day of the year and missed the playoffs, and now he fractures his ankle and yeah. misses the playoffs again. Oh, it's um, ugly. Ugly injury. Just brutal. Oh, man. Yeah, that was, that was a bad-looking one. <laughs> it was. Um, and, and Fowler we talked about. and But the Ducks are, are fairly used to, I think, playing without him, and they have a pretty good defense anyways. It's going to hurt. Cam Fowler's a good player, but... But uh, that's probably the, the least the least hurtful, that one, I would guess, right? Fowler? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's a big loss. Too. I'd say Carlo would be the least. Okay. Or the one that they could uh, right. perhaps jump, uh, jump over. Um, you know, because McAvoy, uh, McAvoy and Charles will play together. Mm-hmm. Um, Krug, they'll need a partner for him. That might be Nick Holden or it might be Adam McQuaid. And then their third pair, which has been really good for them, is Matt Greslick and uh, Kevin Miller. And um, 
I I think they can withstand that. Mm-hmm. But hell, you get down to this point, and any injury becomes critical for you. Right. You know now the you know the the Leafs uh, Travis Dermott's not skating yet. Yep. Um, if he can't play, even though the scans were clean, yeah, they were. If he yeah. can't play, well, that makes their defense a little bit thinner. Mm-hmm. So any injury now is. Uh, and then you know you're right. They're 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 big. And then sometimes like the Leafs missing Sundin or you guys missed uh, Turgeon, um, and there's countless examples yeah. over the years where where teams somehow keep going. And you're like, how are they doing it, right? Like, it happens. and uh, you know. But it, it's weird that way. The NHL playoffs are well, weird. Well, okay, and, and part of the reason you can is because, um, for example, in 93, I could fill in a role for Pierre Turgeon for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But, but I wasn't a number one center. Like, you could fill around yeah. Matt Sundin yeah. for a few weeks. I think, Guys, I think Adam McCauley stepped up big, if I yeah, remember right. Yeah, he had a series yeah. of his life. Yeah. You know, I had the playoffs of my career. And you can do that for a short period of time. Uh, absolutely. Let's get before we get to Brad Marchant. Uh, with such a limited time in which to enjoy your watercraft, don't waste any of it worrying about how to protect it, uh, your property in the event of an accident or a theft. Let Wyatt Dowling ensure you are properly covered. Uh, AllPointsInsurance.ca. This is our Canadian listeners. AllPointsInsurance.ca. Three-year new model replacement. Uh, all risk, agreed value protection, claims paid without depreciation. Uh, we thank those guys. If you got a watercraft uh, coming up, it's April 4th in Canada. When, when do you start boating? May, right? May long? It's when you bring the boat well, out? it depends. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess so. May long for sure. I'm thinking of Winnipeg, Manitoba, so that, that does change as opposed yeah, to that could, that could British be. Columbia or somewhere somewhere nicer. Uh, anyways, allpointinsurance.ca. Please check them out. Thanks to those guys. Uh, speaking of the Bruins, Brad Marchant cross-checked Andrew McDonald in the face after they both went down, and for some reason he cross-checked Andrew McDonald in the face. Uh, Find 5K. Department of Player Safety said, hey, it didn't really connect that bad. Uh, you know, it hit, hit Andrew McDonald on the visor. Uh, this is uh, another fine for Brad Marchant, another play where you're just like, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I don't get it. I mean, uh uh, I think I've said on this show before, I know I've said it elsewhere, but um, after a while, you know, you can talk about it, a lack of self-control, but it's really just selfishness. Mm-hmm. He's putting his own frustration ahead of everybody else. What if, he? because there's no control about where you're cross-checking somebody in that spot, what if he hits them in the mouth and knocks out three teeth and gets five games? Yeah. Yeah, what's that? Could happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, say there's three games left, then he'd miss the first two games of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I just like uh, I, yeah. it just can't have like eventually. You almost have to say, okay, grow up. Like he he he's so good, he is so good. He's an MVP candidate, and when he does stuff like this, he I don't know how the league gave him a five thousand dollar fine. I don't get it. You yeah, know, like I, I, giving a guy that's murdered three people and you give him probation. I mean, he's been like suspended he, twice in the last year. You know, six times yeah. total. Like this is, you know, when you look at precedent, there's there's a reason to give him a game or two. Absolutely. Well, I, I don't. Again, I don't see how he didn't get suspended. Yeah, yeah. or for something. Um, you know, a game to whatever it might be. Yeah. But he was also a couple inches from getting five. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, absolutely. It, 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 I don't understand how the Department of Player Safety, I guess they said it wasn't that bad. It didn't really connect it more with the visor. But what does it matter? What does it matter? I don't. It, it, the intent was to knock teeth out or break a nose or something. I don't know. Well, no, the, there was the part. That's the thing is I don't know that there's any intent. It's frustration. Yeah. No. Yeah. And it's and and it's in my mind it's selfishness. Like I was told many times when I'd get a slashing penalty, mm-hmm. uh, a retaliation one. They're like, "That's just selfish." When you do that, you're yeah. mad. You take a penalty. Now we got to kill off your penalty. And I and it took me a long time to realize that, but it is. Yeah, absolutely. And sitting in the box when you did something like that, you're just like, oh boy. Right, but <laughs> it could be worse. Like he could have been sitting in a suit. Mm-hmm. Right for yeah. the next couple of games. And, yeah. You know, but but he's not. It it just I don't know. It just it shouldn't happen <laughs> as much as it does with him. It just shouldn't. Um, Ray Ferrar on the Paul Pocky podcast. Please, uh, paulpocky.com, get it on Stitcher, get it on iTunes, get it anywhere you get pods from. Thanks for the reviews. Thanks for the listens. Appreciate it. Thanks for the ranking on iTunes. We're always right up there in the top 10 in sports podcasts. So that's, uh, that's appreciative each time we, uh, we release an episode. So thanks everybody for listening. Uh, appreciate it. Let's, uh, let's move on to some more topics, Ray. So Ray, there's a lot of, you know, obviously I'm a Maple Leaf fan. I think you know that. A lot of people know that. Yeah, uh, so does all the listeners. <laughs> right, right. Um, 103 points for the Leafs. You know, there's a good chance they, they can set an all-time record for points in a season for the Leafs. And honestly, I'm, I mean, I kind of shrug my shoulders, right? Because I've been a Leaf fan my whole life. But, you know, you got loser points now. And it's like, yeah. how do I, f- I don't know. How, do, how should I feel about this? I don't feel like this is an all-time great Leaf team. I don't know. Maybe it's because of my, you know, when you're older, you, you look back and, Things are always better when you're youth and you walked uphill to school both ways and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I don't feel like this is an all-time Leaf team. They're going to get third in their division, you know? Yeah, so, the the all-time points and stuff. Um, yeah, like, hey. that That doesn't mean anything anymore. I mean, with the extra points that are available. And um, mm-hmm. and there's also been, there's been a sense, I think, in, um, you know, the last, little while here they're not going up they're not going down and they've for a lot of it they've been almost on uh on cruise control and so i can't i'm with you i don't yeah i think it's a really good team and i look at their defense and i see um you know i see some weakness i see a goalie that has not been very good over the last 20 games of the year and you know by his standard he's been a 909 save percentage that's not going to win in the playoffs nope and and I wonder. Uh, I think they're a terrific team, but I could see them losing in the first round too. Oh, absolutely! No bargain, especially in yeah. their division. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, I did. I did read something on the Athletic. Um, I forget who the guy's name is, and I apologize. They did like an error adjusted uh, ranking of Leaf teams, you know, um, throughout, okay. the, throughout their history, which was really cool. And this team is compared to the teams around them and the points they've gathered and all that, they're, they're like seventh best Leaf team or something of all time. But the early 90s squad, I think, was better. You know, one of those years, maybe the first year that Gilmore was there. And, of course, those teams in the 60s and all that. But, you know, yeah, just, I don't know. Just, I shrug my shoulders, best all-time. Yeah, well, you know, you, you know how you can be the best all-time team is to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, there we go, right. And people will go, okay, this is the best all-time yeah, team. Yeah, um, How pissed would you be, Ray, if you were Josh Levo? And you'd been jumped not by one guy, but by two guys now. 
and, and you know he he'd asked for a trade, I guess, in the midseason, or his agent did, or whatever. And Leafs are like, yeah, whatever. But it's clear that Josh Levo Babcock is not a fan. Well, I would think so. Um, I mean, they've had plenty of opportunity to get him in. I know, right? He's got to be pissed. Um, I, I'm sure he's not thrilled, and I'm sure he's probably wondering at times why he signed that contract mm-hmm. for next year. Um, like, I, I can't tell you whether Josh Levo is an NHL player or not, but I think he's certainly a prospect. Like, a prospect that deserves a 20-game or 30-game look somewhere. Yeah. But, you know, maybe that comes after this year. I don't know. Like, you know, Komarov, Bolzak, JVR, they're not all going to be back. That opens up a spot. Clearly, Andreas Johnson's got one of those spots. Yep. And he's been good, and, and Kapanen's been, been good. really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's another spot open with, where Placanitz is, but that doesn't affect Levo. No, he's not a center. No. So, you know, I mean, if let's assume Komarov goes. Yeah. And Bozak goes. Yeah. Well, that means they need a centerman. So Nylander maybe moves into the middle. That opens up a winger spot. That likely becomes Janssen's spot. Not necessarily with Matthews, but mm-hmm. he, would be, he would be ahead of Levo yeah. for that spot. Komarov goes. That's an open spot. Mm-hmm. Like, there is some room as you, as you look at it. I don't know what they'll do with JVR, you know, whether they'll have the money or the yeah. cap space to, to go ahead and get get him signed. Or, or they go and sign somebody like Marlowe again. <laughs> and Levo's like, great, thanks. Awesome. You know, I, I don't well, know. But yeah. see, now they're in a dangerous spot now. Marlowe was an easy sign mm-hmm. because they weren't into the contracts of Nylander, Marner, and Matthews. They're not going to sign a veteran like that to three years mm-hmm. because they're yeah. one year away from Matthew's mega deal. Yep. From everybody being maxed. All of them, you know, and so, or, or whether it's maxed or not maxed. Yeah. No, whatever. I don't mean like, max, max, like, yeah, not, not that, but, but, but they're, you know, I mean, Matthews is, you know, yeah. Eichel got 10 years or 10 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's, yeah, that's, that's a, a starting, starting point. point. Exactly. I think you talked, talked about it with McDavid where you just, <laughs> move, move the piece of Slide paper. Slide the eight-year paper across, right. fill it out, and we'll see what we can do. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's take some questions from some fans. Uh, still waiting on Bucci Gross. Hopefully we make it happen here. Bucci's got Yeah, so Bucci right now, so people know, he's doing the Frozen Four mm-hmm. in uh, St. Paul. And he right now they're, they've got their media availability with all the teams. And so as we're taping this, uh, he's talking to Ohio State right now. And um, so nobody loves if, uh, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, if he can get out of there, then he'll he'll join us. Nobody likes college hockey like John Bucci-Gross. Nobody. Oh, he loves it. Um, he loves it. All right. Uh, email from Sean here. Uh, hey, new to the show, I really dig it. I sat uh, literally behind you in your final game against the Wings in 02. Uh, I'm guessing he means you and not me. Um, mm-hmm. Just wondering what it was like to play against that crazy Wings team of 02 and your thoughts on Ken Holland. Has he dug too deep of a hole or does he still deserve a chance to turn it around? Well, to play against that team, that was as good a team as I, I remember playing against. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, the you know, I broke in in eighty four, eighty five, so the Oilers were still pretty damn good. Yeah, and uh, those would be the the two teams I would say were head and shoulders above everybody else. Just so deep, so skilled. Yep. Um, you almost it was almost like uh, 
trying to put your thumb in a fire hose to put it out to stop it. <laughs> right, right. Like, it, 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 was, it was coming from everywhere. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. what it felt like against them all the time. As for Ken, um, you know, I'll qualify. I know Ken quite well, so um, I'm a fan. He's an awesome guy. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at his record, um, what I find interesting is, so the Wings have missed the playoffs now. This will be two years in a row. Yep. When they were making their runs of 25 straight years in the playoffs, what were they supposed to do? They had Lidstrom, Datsuk, and Zetterberg. You were never going to be bad enough to rebuild. And so you run it out as long as you can, and then you have to rebuild. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple contracts that you don't necessarily like that that they've signed in Detroit. There have been, yeah. But that's the same anywhere. Um, so I would say, like, are they crippling contracts for them? No. Franzen's on IR. Stephen Weiss is on IR. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Babcock wanted to sign Stephen Weiss. That was that was a Babcock. But it was really, yeah. He wanted a yeah. yeah. They wanted they wanted somebody different than Val Filpola, mm-hmm. and so Filpola left as a free agent, yep. and basically Weiss signed the same deal in Detroit. That never worked out. Um, Justin Abdelkader, maybe a couple of years too long, mm-hmm. but it's at a $4 million cap hit. It's kind of, I don't know, is that a little high, maybe? Yeah. But the fact of the matter is they've got to rebuild. Last year they had their first top 10 draft pick in 25 years. But mm-hmm. they've drafted, mm-hmm. they've drafted at the bottom of the first round because they've been so good for a quarter of a century. Yep. Yeah, and, and like... Howard, like you said, what were they supposed to do? Like, like yeah. in in the middle of these runs, just start getting rid of Datsuk and Zeta? Like, no, you're not going to do that. Right, they were too yeah. good to do it. Yeah, and so now they've got, uh, I think, twelve picks this year and eleven picks next year. They had ten last year. Like, Ken has compiled the draft picks. Now it's up to the scouting staff to put those picks into practice. And if they miss, then then it's time for them all to be removed and changed. But they, they're going to get a top five pick probably this year. Mm-hmm. They've never had that. Look at any team that's any good. They had an 83. <laughs> they got Eiserman. Right, 83. <laughs> right, right. 30 years ago. Right, right. So any team that's any good right now, they've got a top five pick in their, draft, in their lineup. Yep. I wondered about the Tatar trade. Um, sending him to Vegas here, but after watching him for many games now, you don't notice him for two games, and then he has a terrific game, and then you don't notice him, and then he has a terrific game. Right, and yep. he got three draft picks for him. Yep, yep. I get it. I get so, why they let him you know, go. The first, the second, and the third is a pretty damn good bounty for, for Thomas Tatar. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, so do you think he, in your opinion, then, he deserves to come back? I, I yeah, think he yeah. deserves a two-year extension. Right. Uh, all right. From Pierre Desjardins, uh, what bugs Ray on the golf course? Hashtag what's bugging Ray. What bugs Ray uh, on the golf course? Play. Slow play. Yeah. Yeah. Get to your ball, hit it. While the other guys are hitting, get to your ball, figure out what club you want to hit, mm-hmm. and then hit it. I can't stand guys that stand around or they walk all over the green. They look like they're looking for quarters. Like, read your putt and hit it. Okay. We're all about the same. Just get up there, make your read, take 30 seconds and hit it. 
nobody's saying for you to run around the course, but I cannot stand <laughs> slow play. As an amateur hacker like myself, what's acceptable to look for the ball? Yeah, a couple minutes. Okay, a couple minutes. That's, that's, that's about what I do. And then I'm like, okay. Yeah, and then after, there's, there should be, and this might be in life, something that is, that is deteriorated in society, but a common sense clock. <laughs> As you're walking around, there should be a common sense clock in your head for certain things. When you're on the golf course, you're in the trees. Mm-hmm. You're looking for the ball. There should be a, a little ding. Okay, that's long enough. There's people waiting behind. Sure, you. yeah. Yep. Get another ball and put it down. You're not, nobody's, nobody is filming you or taping you for the Masters. <laughs> Just get it down and hit it. Right. Okay. Uh, Mike Scott says, uh, does Ray have any insight on why TSN was doing both broadcasts for Jet Senators? I mean, I don't know if this is really a question. They have contracts for both, right? Does it, he says, yes, doesn't, it, doesn't that seem like overkill? Uh, right. It, sure, it could be. However, the, the Jets contract is for the Winnipeg region, and the Ottawa contract is for the Ottawa region. Mm-hmm. So the Winnipeg broadcaster or the Winnipeg fans want to listen to their broadcasters. Uh, That's why both. Yeah, it's a rarity. Um, I, I can't think of too many other times this year that that's happened. Yeah, um, I did it. Oh, have I done it with anybody? Well, it's yeah, got, no. I, yeah. I mean, I did it. Um, I'm trying to think of Canadian teams, but no, that would yeah. that would pretty much be it. Yeah, a lot of Canadian, all Canadian stuff is national games. Not always, but a lot of them are, which is the other network and and other teams. It's yeah, it's you only got seven, seven teams. So, um, Bert Smeet says, uh, "Hey Ray, you mentioned Ruben Kincaid last week. Were you a Partridge Family fan or a Brady Bunch? Love the show." Uh, Brady Bunch. I liked Barsha. <laughs> Uh, this one's a good question, actually. Maybe, and I don't know if you know the answer, but I, I'm interested in this one. Christopher Owen says, "Who are some of the older gentlemen that man the score clock, the penalty box, the goal lights, and how do they get their jobs?" I don't know how they get their jobs, but once they have them, they never give them up. <laughs> it's you're granted into it, yeah. And and so they they get paid a little bit by the league. I'm not sure how, how much, but it's a cool gig, right? Oh, they for run sure. The clock, they, yeah. They, the penalty box guy, I love those guys. You'd go in, have a conversation, guy give you a water bottle, you, yeah. you get to know them after a while. Yeah. Right? Right. Like the uh yeah, like, the announcer, like, yeah, like the announcer guys, in Philadelphia. Sure. Right. The announcer in Philadelphia, Lou Nolan. Mm-hmm. He's been there forever. And so I got to know Lou because I was in the penalty box a little bit. And you know, we talk and now I see him and um, you know, we talk. Lou's been doing it for forty years. That's hilarious. Like, what a gig! Yeah, yeah. Um, and how about the how about whenever like the two guys are jawing at each other in the penalty boxes, and they're yelling and screaming and you know whatever, throwing a stick, or, and the the older guys are just sitting there, stone faced, straight ahead, you know. But they're they're hearing everything. They got to just have so much gold, so much gold information. Um, uh, one of those guys should write a book, right? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, because they, I mean they're they they get it all, mm-hmm. right? They get it all. And uh, R.I.P. to the goal judges, by the way. No longer there, but no yes. longer there. No longer. They have there. a guy that turns the light on. He sits up in the press box. Oh, is that where he is? Okay, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the Knights have this thing, and I've never seen it in another arena. If, if penalty for the other team, 
they cut to the penalty box, and it's an it's a staged thing. It's an and it's two actors. They're they're the guys dressed up as the official, and the players got the gear on, and he's got some stubble on his face, and and they're zooming in on the penalty box, and they start arguing with each other over the penalty call, or they the. They, the the penalty box guy gives the player a sign that says shame I feel shame and he holds this up and you think it's real you think for like ten seconds you're like what what and it, it's actually yeah, that's like, good that's good shtick oh it's good it's great um, and other times they'll, they'll the one another they'll have like three or four different things the player will start pretending to cry on the uh, guy's shoulder the player will start crying it, it's great it, it, it's good. Um, yeah, see, see, that's game prep, and I, I'm a fan of all of that. Yep. Uh, Jay Eaton says, uh, who's Ray's favorite assistant coach that he played under? Leachy, question mark. Um, uh, my favorite assistant was Lauren Henning. All right. Awesome guy. He was um, with, with me with the Islanders. He mm-hmm. became the head coach for one year. He's now um, in Red Bull in Salzburg. Oh really? Austria. Oh, is that where he is? Okay, yep. yeah, I never. And um, he's just—he's an awesome guy. He's funny. Um, he was really good at what he did. Uh, he was—he was my favorite. Uh, Ray, what are your thoughts from Keith uh, Warbrowski uh, or something like that? Uh, Ray, what are your thoughts on the hockey academy route of player development? Hang on, what did you just—what did you just say? Warbowski. I think it's Warbowski. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, well, you're reading it, so you've got a better chance than anyone else yeah, to get it. It's spelt weird. Sorry, Keith. Um, Ray, what are your thoughts on the Hockey Academy route of tr- player development versus the traditional uh, AAA route? Well, I, look, I the the academies um, um, they combine the school and the and the hockey, and and I can see the value of it. You just have to make sure that you're getting real value for your schooling and your hockey. If, if you understand what I mean, mm-hmm. like yeah. just because just because they're combined doesn't mean it's great, right? So yeah. that's that would be one thing. There's a a real cost to that that AAA doesn't have. Um, you know, there's you're not boarding. You know, you know you don't have room and board to play. You know, you're living at home. Mm-hmm. So in some cases, maybe it's better. I, I would say this. There's not one way of anything that is the best. Each kid and each parent has to look at what's best for their individual spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you see, you see, you hear some of these stories about these kids moving out of the house at 14, 15. Yeah, see, that to me is crazy. Yeah, it's nuts, but I, I mean... And like... as a parent, I want my kids with me mm-hmm. in those really important years. Yep. Uh, Nigel Street says, uh, given that for many the season is ending, what is the etiquette for players tipping the support staff slash trainers? Is it only the top players, or do all contribute? Is it done individually, or does the team captain dish it out? What do you What do you do for those guys? Uh, been done a couple. First of all, everybody does it. Mm-hmm. Um, the younger guys are told that you do it <laughs> because they wouldn't know. Yeah, right. You're yeah. like you don't just walk out of the room and so. Somebody will say, hey, we, you know, it should be 500 bucks a guy for, you know, for the trainers. Okay. Or it might be more than that. It might be each guy should give $200 per training guy. There might be one trainer that does extra work for you. You tip him more. 
um, yeah, you look after those guys for sure. Sometimes you just put all the you know the money all goes into a, a central pot and it gets okay. dispersed by the captains. Yep. Um, but those guys do so much work. Oh, I bet so much work. And um, and you know you're you're just trying to say thank you a little bit. Yeah, you think about those guys. Oftentimes, when the planes land, they go right to the rink, you know, and start putting up stuff. It, oh, it, it, lots of times. Yeah. Um, should the NHL make an award called the Gretzky Award for most assists in a season? No more awards. <laughs> I, I'm for this. I like this. You, you say no, though. No more awards. No. If they want to do something, they should take all of the trophies, put mm-hmm. them in the Hall of Fame, so they're always honored. And then um, rename the trophies with people's names, players' names, to honor the new history of the game. Yeah. Nobody knows the Norris Trophy. Nobody knows who James Norris was. Yep. Frank Calder. Whatever. Right, like, yeah. Like, what, you know, why isn't the best defenseman the Norris Trophy? Why isn't it the Bobby Orr Trophy? Yeah. Yeah. Like, seriously. No, I agree. Why isn't the why isn't the top scorer the Gretzky? The uh, and, and you also, don't have an answer. No, I, I don't. Well, especially because if you read some old books and look up on the uh, the the origins of the NHL, some of those owners weren't exactly great guys. Oh no, no, they were not. No, you know what I mean. They weren't exactly pillars of the community. Um, talking William Norris or or. Um, um, uh, whoever owned the Blackhawks, who owned the Blackhawks? Was it Wurtz? No, 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 it wasn't Wurtz at the very beginning, was it? I, it might have been. Um, yeah, they weren't exactly uh, amazing guys, you know. So, yeah, I just think it's you've you've honored them. Put the put the trophies in the Hall of Fame because you're still honoring those those contributions to the game, and then you have new trophies and new names mm-hmm. on them, so you have a. A Gretzky and a Lemieux and a, you know, the the Lady Bing. Why couldn't that be the Jean Beliveau trophy? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I think it, I, I, the, it's the, like a update, a yeah, refresh. I think I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's do it. The Ray Ferraro trophy. That would be for what? Chirping in the penalty box? No, we'll do that for the junior player who scores the most goals. I like that. I think I'd, I'd be on board for that, although I'm not sure anyone really knows what I did. So, uh, Paul Fazari, Fazari, what was Ray's? I think we know the answer, but he's got the the bottom of it is really good. What was Ray's single greatest playoff moment? What was his most heartbreaking? And what was the best intermission speech he heard in the playoffs? Oh, I, like, I like that last. Um, one. I like the last one. The hmm. Well, the best would be 93, yeah. Game 7 against Pittsburgh. Um, you know, setting up David Volek for the series winning goal. Sure. Um, that that would be the best. Uh, heartbreaking. Um, probably losing to Montreal in overtime oh. in Game 7 cool. uh, in the second round in 86. Oh, good the team. Rangers were waiting in the conference final. Mm-hmm. Um, they were decimated by injuries. Yeah, and um, Claude Lemieux. We had we had a chance in overtime, and I had John Anderson open on the back door, and I I should have shot it, but I tried to pass it, and Guy Carbonell poked it away, 
and then they scored the next shift, and mm-hmm. so that was always a yeah. As far as the speech, in between periods, to be honest with you, I'd, the the only one I can remember between periods would be Game Seven of um, uh, of the Islanders and Pittsburgh series, and we'd blown a three-one lead, mm-hmm. and basically they uh, um, they said. Uh, uh, let's see, what were you doing? We're sitting around, everybody kind of moping around for right. five or seven minutes. And and then I, I, I believe it was Steve Thomas stood up and, you know, basically said, F it. Um, guys, we were one shot away. Like, nobody would have thought we would have been here two weeks ago. Yeah. Like this, and just the way he said it, like there was such fire. Mm-hmm. Like that was, that was the one I remember. Yes. And that's kind of stumpy. That's. Stompy, you know, uh, it's his that's leaf. just the way he he was. It's his leaf background, you know. Gr- you know the leaf. No, teams. no, that's not it. Yep. They hadn't won crap <laughs> in Toronto. Uh, Kyle Waters says, "Ray, you were a player who played in the NHL through a lot of equipment changes, technology changes. Were you a person willing and eager to try out the newest skates, sticks? Uh, he's saying the wood to two piece or the one piece comp, uh, or the aluminum ones, even in your era. Or were you more old school and sat back with your then old school stuff?" Like how were you when that aluminum stick came out? Oh, I got I got an aluminum stick when I was in junior my last year. I wanted to try it and I loved it. Uh, oh, they're that old. Wood blade. Sorry, sorry to like bring you down, but they're, I didn't know they were that old back then. Well, okay, all right. I scored first game. I got one. Mm-hmm. I was uh, in Brandon. I wanted to try one. The general manager said, "All right." Nobody else had them, <laughs> and he said, "All right." Okay, and I got seven goals. Oh, you were on board. So I'm yeah. using aluminum sticks. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, I would be okay with that. My equipment, though, I use my shin pads. I think my shin pads, I used them for 14 years. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Geez. And they finally threw them out and found me another garbage pair. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I liked them. They were comfortable. They were, you know, they were mine. Um, skates, I, eh, I always used, um, I always used Bauer. Okay. So whatever the new Bowers were, I used, but... Um, you know, they weren't as specialized as they are today. Were they were they off the shelf stuff, really? Like literally, or would they? No, no, you no. get your own. Skates, okay, you would. Okay. Now, I mean, yep. the players get a mold made of their foot. Yep. We weren't getting a mold made. And then for the for the one piece sticks that came in, I at never the end, used them. You never did. No. Really? Weren't they around? Uh, maybe my last year or so. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Joe Sackick was using one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there was. Not a lot. I was still using the two-piece, and I was fine with that. Um, all right, Tyler Jones says, what's your take on year-round hockey? What age should kids begin training to, to uh, year-round? Year-round hockey is stupid. <laughs> year-round anything is stupid. Okay. <laughs> Go do something else. Be a kid. Go play baseball. Go play golf. Play soccer. Climb a rock. Jump out of a tree. Like, be a kid. Like, I, I, this frustrates me, Steve, to no end. To no end. Mm-hmm. And I, I think parents are well-meaning, but they're lunatics. To <laughs> just think of it from a physical standpoint. You have a developing body, boy or girl, that's using the same skating muscles for 12 months. 
Do you think you're exposing him to injury, him or her? Absolutely you yeah. are. It's crazy to do it. As far as um, when should they start training, does he mean like in the gym? I don't know. Yeah, that's all I said. I would training. guess 15. Yeah. You know, your body's got to mature a little bit. And the most of the stuff you should be doing at that time should be light weights, um, body weights, um, find a trainer that believes in full body health, not trying to build giant muscles on a developing teenager. Like, that doesn't work. They get hurt. Doesn't make sense to me. It's uh, it's crazy, right, um, how, how intense and how serious it's getting. And even on my side of things, I cover motocross for a living, and it's the same way. Kids are going to these riding facilities and living on their own, and, and it's just nuts. And, and they're they're, yeah. they're well, homeschooling. My, my son is yeah. my youngest younger son is playing U thirteen soccer next year. He's got a crappy birthday, so he's, <laughs> he's got December thirtieth birthday. birthday. Yeah, yeah. And so anyway, he's he's eleven, um, but he'll be playing under thirteen soccer because in the league he's a twelve year old. He will take a large break a couple of times a year mm-hmm. where he's not on the field at all. He doesn't touch a ball. He plays baseball. He plays hockey recreationally. Yep. He, he's loving basketball right now. And all of these things make you a better athlete. Varied sports make you a better athlete. And athletics, um, if you look at the top players, they're athletes, not just robots. There was a study done um, in the NFL. I want to say 28 of 32 first-round picks were multi-sport athletes in high school. Yeah. 28 of 32. Yeah. Yeah, not surprising. Multi-sports is better for health. It's better for mental health. Um, It's better for um, enjoyment. Let's face it, not everybody or very few, almost nobody's going to be a pro. So enjoy while you're at it. Don't. Don't send them to the salt mine. Oh, you got to go to power skating <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah, that's it's it's crazy, man. It's nuts that how parents are getting into it more and more. And like I said, on my end of things, they're all homeschooled now. Nobody, none of these kids go to school. It's crazy. And, and so great. Now you're homeschooling them. Yep. The kid can't interact with anyone oh, else. It's 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 mind blowing. And and I'm not talking like the elite guys are the, the, the elite guys are homeschooled for sure because they've they're they're literally they're they're the Connor McDavid's or Sidney Crosby's of, of motocross and, and they're gonna have, make millions of dollars. That's two or three of them. I'm talking they're all homeschooled. And they and, and many many of these kids have no no chance of making any kind of money. Racing motorcycles, and yet they're homeschooled. It's so crazy. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just don't see it. Uh, I, just, I mean, yeah. it's not the way I look at it. And yeah. um, as I said, I think year-round hockey is idiotic. <laughs> John Maker said, uh, "Did Hartford realize they had a fifth-round steal after Ray put up as many points in his last year of junior as his weight on Hockey DB, including the 108 goals?" Fifth yeah, round. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they thought they had. I know I know there was um, uh, the game I got seven goals. Um, the coach, Jack Evans, I guess, had said to one of the scouts, are they using mm-hmm. goalies out there? <laughs> so so they, they just thought you had a, a weak goal, goals in the WHL. 
We goalies. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I mean, Hartford had Kevin Deneen in the third round, O. Samuelson in the fourth round, and me in the fifth in that year. Like, that's a pretty good draft. Yeah. It's amazing, though, that you were in the fifth. Like, obviously, I was pretty young, and I was eight, seven years old or whatever, so I wasn't really following it that much. But I don't know, understand how you can get drafted in the fifth with, with those stats. Well, and I got I just... drafted out of Tier 2. Yeah. So I got drafted two years prior to that 108-goal year. And so I was small. I was about, like, 162 pounds. And the cutoff for the draft is September 15th. My birthday is August 23rd. So had I been, yeah, you know, what's that, uh, a month, eight, yeah, twenty-three days later, right? Uh, had I been born twenty-three days later, I would have been in the next year's draft, mm-hmm. and I probably would have been a second-round pick or something. And, and you but, look, yeah, the size. You know, when you say your, your weight was what one sixty-two, you said like back then it was all big, just big, 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 right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean there was. I was the third guy drafted out of my league. I won the scoring race by 50 points. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, that's uh, that's most of the questions that we got, uh, besides some of the ones on Sedins and Hall of Fame. And, Ray, you got to get to the airport. i got to get on with my job. So, Bucci-Gras, we're going to miss him, John Bucci-Gras. But we will try to get him next week for our playoff uh, preview podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll rope him in for next Wednesday. He'll be in and... Um, he can tell us about the Frozen Four, which he will have just completed, about which players look like they're going to go ahead and be guys we can look for in the future. Um, it's something he loves to do. And uh, ESPN slowly getting their way back into hockey. So we can ask him about that, too. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for uh, listening, everybody. Appreciate it. We'll be here next week. The playoffs start. Ray will make his picks. Right on the show, and we will hold it to them. Um, thanks, uh, thanks, Ray. Thanks for your time. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Appreciate it. You betcha. Have a great week, everyone. Uh, listen up and let us know what you think, and um, uh, we will make sure we get to as many questions as we can next Wednesday, but we enjoy hearing from you. We'll talk to you soon.